Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, we welcome Jonathan Kahn back to the program, and Pastor Larry talks COVID, corruption, and control in his new book, Needless Death. Watchmen on the Wall is here to make sense of the nonsense and bring clarity to the chaos. More and more people are tuning in and discovering this program for the very first time. People wanting to learn more about prophecy and our ministry. Individuals and families are requesting our new listener packs. In the pack is a welcome letter with history about the ministry, the latest issue of the Prophetic Observer Newsletter, and a free gift. Request your free new listener pack today by calling 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Best-selling author Jonathan Kahn is here today to begin a discussion about his book and DVD, The Harbinger, revealing the ancient mystery that holds the secret of America's future. I'm very excited to have Rabbi Jonathan Kahn on the Watchman on the Wall today. Back in 2011, Jonathan caused a national stir with the release of the New York Times bestseller, The Harbinger. He has addressed members of Congress, spoken at the United Nations, and was named one of the top 40 spiritual leaders of the last 40 years who radically changed our world. He is known as a prophetic voice in this generation and for opening up the deep mysteries of God. All six of his books have become New York Times bestsellers. The Harbinger, The Mystery of the Shemitah, The Book of Mysteries, The Paradigm, The Oracle, and his latest bestseller, The Harbinger 2. Jonathan, welcome back to The Watchman on the Wall. Thanks for joining me today. Great to be with you, James. Hey, I recently heard you share your testimony. You have a fascinating story. Now, you were raised in a Jewish home. At age eight, you became an atheist. Somewhere along the way, you read The Late Great Planet Earth by Hal Lindsey, and you were hit by a train. God literally had to hit you with a train to get your attention. How did you become a follower of Christ? Would you share your story? Well, yeah, you did a good job right there, but yes. (laughs) My father came from Germany. He escaped Hitler, and I was raised in a kind of liberal Jewish home where, you know, went to synagogue, I went to Hebrew school, but it wasn't really a lot of belief. But, you know, I was taught that there was a God. When I was eight years old, I said, how do we know that? I didn't see any signs in the synagogue of the God of the Bible being alive in the synagogue. It was a big disconnect between the God who spoke and moved and showed himself to what in the synagogue was kind of, you know, it was tradition, but it wasn't that. So I said, okay, how do we know there's any God? Maybe there's three gods. How do we know? So I became an atheist. And that lasted until I started going deeper and I started losing faith in atheism. I said, that doesn't work. There's got to be something. There has to be a reason why we're here. It can't be for nothing. There's got to be something behind it. And so I started seeking everything, science, religion, occult, Nostradamus, UFOs, everything. And one day I picked up a book. I thought it was a UFO book because it looked like it that year. But God tricked me. It was The Late Great Planet Earth by Hal Lindsey about end-time prophecy and what the Bible had foretold was coming true with Israel and everything else. I had no idea that was in the Bible. And that totally changed my thinking. And so I started telling my friends about it. But I still was living as a teenager would live, and I was reading other things too. But as I started going on, I said, wait a minute, there's not, the Bible is the only thing. None of these hold up as the Bible. And then it got deeper. That was such the Bible, it's 
Jesus. You know, there's one person it's all converging on. I looked at the Bible we had in our home, our Hebrew Scriptures, and it spoke about the Messiah coming and dying for our sins and being born in Bethlehem. All these things I thought were Catholic were in our Bible. This was the Messiah. So I realized that, and then I realized I can't just be telling people about this, because I'm telling people about it, and I'm leading them to the Lord, but I don't know. I'm not saved, but I'm telling them, and their lives are changing. So finally... I got to the point where I'm not right with God, but I don't really want to give my life to the Lord because I thought if I give my life, I got to join a monastery, and that's the end of my life. <laughs> so I made a deal with God. I said, if you give me a long life, and I will accept you when I'm about to die on my deathbed. So that was my deal with God. And so right after that, I almost got killed twice. The first time was a car accident. It was a miracle that I didn't get killed. And the second time, I was heading to a train track in a Ford Pinto. These are the cars that used to blow up. You know, you touch them the wrong way, and they blow up. So I'm in this car, and it's at night, and there was no barrier. There was nothing. It was a dangerous place. People had been killed there. And the light is going on, but all the other cars on the other side are crossing. So I said, well, maybe the train already passed, or it's a broken light, or go forward, and I see a light on my left, but it doesn't look like it's moving, because it was the train coming head on. I was on the track, and I did not even realize it, because there was no barrier. The road was all in kind of shambles, so I was on in the path of the train, and so I said, well, you know, man, I might be too close. Let me try to back up, just to be safe, but now there are headlights in back of me, and so I backed up about a foot, and I thought, well, I'm just being extra safe. I was still in the path of the train. And I'm waiting for the train, and the train comes and slams into the car. The front of the car gets crushed. It was like aluminum foil. And the only thing I could do at that moment was call out to God. And so I did. And the car was destroyed. And I didn't get a scratch. And I said, okay, God, that was close. I said, so that was like strike two. So I realized my life was just by a hair, was eternity. And so I said, Lord... Can we renegotiate? <laughs> yeah. And so I came up with a new plan. I said, a new deal. I said, okay, I'll accept you when I turn 20. Just give me till then and don't kill me until then. And so on my 20th birthday, which was about a little less than a year away, my 20th birthday, I didn't know how to do it. I remember in Hebrew school, God met people on the mountain. So I found a mountain. I went up the mountain. And there on the top of the mountain, I kneeled down and gave my life to the Lord. Amen. And so, you know, it says Jews need signs. I needed a locomotive train. Amen. Well, I want to thank you for having the courage to speak the truth. Back in January of 2021, you issued a mind-blowing prophetic message for the newly elected U.S. President Joe Biden. Although many tried to censor that message, it still has been seen over four million times. Tell me about that message. I've been asked to speak at the presidential inaugural prayer breakfast the last few times. And I've always said, okay, I'm not going to hold back. I'm going to do whatever the Lord says, because that is the chance he gave me. So it happened. But now with COVID, they asked me to do something online. And I did something. And I said, you know what? I have to do something just to put it out there as the president comes in, because we are at such a precipice. So I just recorded. I said, okay, you know, I'm just doing this. I figured it would just be, you know, it's kind of in the bean time. I'll just put this message out to Joe Biden. I think it says, I don't know if it says Jonathan Khan message to Joe Biden. And it immediately, like in a day, it was a million views. And then something weird happened. As we typed it in, we couldn't get it. Even if we had the title, we couldn't get it. YouTube had shadow banned it. You know, it's still there somewhere, but they cut off all the roads to get there. So you can't really get there. So what happened, it was gone. And then finally they put it back, and we complained, and they put it back. But it went totally viral, even with them trying to ban it. So 
I believe the Lord just will get his word out, but also that we cannot hold back. Because there's a big push by the culture to silence the truth and silence believers. And the worst thing we can do is go along with that and keep silent. All the more the world, this culture, needs the truth, and we have to be the watchmen. Well, I want to talk about The Harbinger. The book was released back in 2011, and with the 20th anniversary this year of 9-11, and with the release of Harbinger 2, there is a new interest in The Harbinger. For those who have not read the book, what is The Harbinger? Yeah, The Harbinger, the subtitle is The Ancient Mystery That Holds the Secret of America's Future. And this is the first book I ever wrote. I knew I had to write it. I knew I had to get it out. I knew this was the Lord. And that is this, that in the last days of ancient Israel, there were nine harbingers, or nine prophetic signs of warning, warning the nation of judgment and destruction if it didn't turn back to God. The amazing thing, the stunning thing, is those same nine harbingers have now been reappearing on American soil. Some have appeared in New York City. Some have appeared in Washington, D.C. Some have involved ceremonies. Some have involved American leaders, even the president. It is warning America that America is now the nation in danger of judgment. And now is the time we are in that we have to come back to God or head to judgment. And the thing is that since the Harbinger came out, the Harbingers have not stopped appearing, number one. But number two, the mystery that's in there has not stopped unfolding. In fact, I've looked back. There's a chapter called in the Harbinger called Things to Come, and we're there. And so it has continued. So it is a crucial biblical mystery that is affecting every one of us and will affect us for the days to come. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 10 reads, The bricks are fallen down, but we will build with hewn stones. The sycamores are cut down, but we will change them into cedars. Help us understand the context. Set the stage for those last days of ancient Israel. This was a nation that had once known God and now had been turning away from God, now racing away from God. And so God sends warning to them to call them back. And he sends them prophets. They don't listen. He said, so finally, something happens. And this is the first stage of biblical national judgment. There's a template. And it happens this way with, this is the northern kingdom of ancient Israel. Happened with the southern kingdom, same thing. Years before the nation's destruction, there comes a warning in the form of a strike on the land. An enemy breaches the land. The hedge of protection is lifted temporarily. A strike on the land. Now, the strike is to shake them, is to wake them up, call them back. But the thing is that it's temporary, and it happens, and it is to get their attention. Well, it happened in 732 B.C. to ancient Israel. At that time, Isaiah is given a word, and that's the word you just read, which is Isaiah 9.10, which is the key scripture of unlocking the mystery of the harbingers. And it says the bricks have fallen, well, that was one of the signs, in the attack, but the people, instead of repenting and coming back to God, they say, but we're coming back stronger without God. In other words, instead of saying, hey, we're humbled, we're wrong, we're coming back, we're going to turn, we're going to change, they say, you know what, we're going to come back even stronger than before. We're going to build with quarried stone instead of bricks, and then it says the sycamores were cut down, and we're going to plant stronger trees. We're coming back, we're not listening to you, God, we're defying you, and we're going to come back in defiance. So that's what happens to ancient Israel. And then a number of years later, they are destroyed. Okay, because they didn't listen to the harbingers. So the thing is that in that verse are revealed 
the harbingers that have come to America. America is also a nation that has known God, but has turned away. We are rapidly racing away from God, just like ancient Israel. Actually, America was founded after the pattern of ancient Israel, but now we are replaying the fall of ancient Israel. And now the judgment of ancient Israel is beginning on America. And it begins with that strike on the land. The nation's hedge of protection is lifted. An enemy makes a strike, and that is 9-11. And 9-11 is where the mystery of the harbinger begins, where all nine harbingers are going to come out of what began at 9-11. And the thing is that, you know, James, I was standing on the corner of Ground Zero, and that's when the whole thing began. I saw this object, and something said, you have to seek what this means. There's a mystery here. And I looked it up in the Bible, and it started unfolding and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. One puzzle piece, the next puzzle piece. And like when I didn't know what the next thing was, someone would say the word, it would be the next one. Or I typed something in my computer, and my computer would give me something that I didn't even ask for. But it was the answer to the next harbinger. All nine harbingers have come to America. And the other thing is America, after 9-11, did the same thing that ancient Israel did, instead of repenting and turning back to God, we said, we're going to come back stronger without him. And instead of revival, we thought there was going to be revival. Instead of revival, America has gotten worse and is now racing away from God and to judgment, and the harbingers have appeared. Well, you mentioned the breach, and in the harbinger you write about the breach. What is the breach? The breach is that first opening up, really the first sign of judgment. The breach of the nation's hedge It is lifted with the attack. Now, the thing is that, so you have 9-11. That's the beginning of it. But the second harbinger is the terrorist. It wasn't just an attack by enemies. They were actually terrorists that attacked ancient Israel. The fathers of terrorism, the Assyrians, were the ones who brought it, the attack, and they are the fathers of terrorism. Every terrorist, in some way, is linked to Assyria by them being the fathers. So what happened is 9-11 wasn't just an attack. It was an attack of terrorist, because that is the sign, the sign of the terrorist. And actually, they came from the same part of the world, they came from the Middle East, like the Assyrians, and they probably had some that had the blood of the Assyrians in them, and the Assyrians carried out the attack on Israel and using the language of Akkadian. Well, Akkadian is extinct, but its sister language still exists to this day. The sister language to Akkadian is Arabic. So 9-11 was carried out in the sister language of the ancient Assyrians that did it. So then, you just read it, it said the bricks are fallen. So one of the harbingers is the harbinger of the fallen bricks, falling buildings. Well, 9-11, what was the sign? The falling buildings, the, the Twin Towers, all there. A sign that represented a America in its height. The warning is, if America doesn't come back to God, it's going to collapse just like that building did that represented America. Then it said, but we will rebuild with quarried stone. Now, what happened is they began rebuilding ground zero. And they said, hey, we're going to come back stronger and bigger in America, just like ancient Israel did. But the stone that's mentioned in Isaiah is called the Gazit stone. It's a specific kind of stone. It's a biblical, rectangular, massive block of stone. That's what it means. Well, at 9-11, a massive stone, a Gazit stone, came to 9-11. It actually was ground zero. Actually, was lowered onto ground zero. They had a ceremony around the stone. It was a biblical Gazit stone. The governor of New York said, we're doing this in defiance. I mean, just like it's replaying the mystery. So you have that. Then you have the sycamore has been struck down. That was one of the signs that happened. Well, in 9-11, as the last tower is coming down, a beam from the northern tower comes across the sky, strikes an object. The object is a tree. It's a sycamore growing Amazing. at ground zero. 
the sycamore was struck down, biblical sign of national judgment. And then they say, we're going to replant it with another tree. Well, the tree in Hebrew is called the Erez tree. Well, a few years after 9-11, a tree appears in the sky. It's being lowered down to the ground into the same spot where the sycamore stood. It is a biblical Erez tree. And they have a ceremony. They say, this is we're coming back. And they plant it where the sycamore stood, exactly as it happened. Now, even going further, one of the signs is that a national leader will actually make this vow. Well, on the day after 9-11, on Capitol Hill, America makes its response to 9-11, and the Senate Majority Leader gives America's response. At the end of his speech, Tom Daschle, he says, there is a scripture from Isaiah that speaks to us now, and then out of his mouth to America, he says, the bricks have fallen, but we will rebuild it. He, word for word, he says the ancient vow that brought judgment to Israel on the day after. And he says, this is what we're going to do. And he has no idea, though. As he's saying it, he speaks about a sycamore being struck down. He doesn't know there actually is a tree right there that's been struck down. He says, we're going to plant this tree. He's like prophetic. He says, we're going to put that stone. It all will happen. And he says, we're going to do it. It's a sign that America was actually going to defy God. It's an ominous warning of what is yet to come. That's just a little taste how the ancient mystery has been replaying in America in exact detail. Amazing. If you're just tuning in, my guest is Rabbi Jonathan Kahn, the author of The Harbinger. You can get your own copy of the book, along with the DVD, The Harbinger Decoded, by calling 1-800-652-1144, or you can order online at swrc.com. Jonathan, tell our listeners what they're going to get in The Harbinger Decoded DVD. Well, The Harbinger Decoded, you're actually going to see The Harbingers. Not only going to read about it, you know, in the book you'll get all that, but in the DVD you're going to see it. It's also a great thing if you're going to show it to a church, you want to show it to somebody quickly to see this, to also show people who don't know the Lord or your friends. It is the perfect thing, but everything I'm talking about, you're going to see it. I believe they even have a clip of Tom Daschle pronouncing judgment on America that day with the ancient vow. And you'll have one of John Edwards, another person, who pronounced the same thing. I mean, it's mind-boggling, so you'll get all that. My guest today has been Rabbi Jonathan Kahn, the author of the incredible book, The Harbinger. Uh, Jonathan, this has been a fascinating conversation, so we're going to have you back on tomorrow to talk about The Harbinger too. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. A blessing to be with you. Jonathan Kahn will continue this fascinating conversation next time. Get the complete conversation with Jonathan Kahn on CD by calling 1-800-652-1144. You can also order anytime online at swrc.com. Today, we are excited to offer Jonathan Kahn's best-selling book, The Harbinger, and his new DVD, The Harbinger Decoded. Get both the book and DVD by Jonathan Kahn for a gift of $35 or more when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or order online, swrc.com. Needless Death, the new book by Larry Spargimino, explores COVID, corruption, and control. Pastor Larry discusses the research he conducted in writing this explosive new resource and why you should get informed today. The Bible says in Isaiah 21.6, For thus hath the Lord said unto me, Go set a watchman 
Let him declare what he seeth. Our program is called Watchmen on the Wall, and for almost 25 years, Dr. Larry Spargimino has been here serving as a watchman, declaring the truth and helping to make sense of the nonsense. Now, if you're a regular listener to our program, you know Pastor Larry. He's truly one of the most brilliant and talented men that I've ever met, and I'm thankful to God that Pastor Larry chose to bring his tremendous energy and his talents to the Lord's work in general and to Southwest Radio Ministries in particular. Larry is currently the senior pastor of Southwest Radio. He is the host of The Watchman on the Wall. He's also the pastor of Trinity Chinese Baptist Church in Oklahoma City. And he's written over 20 books, including his latest, Needless Death, COVID, Corruption, Control. And he's here in the studio to talk with me about the book. Welcome once again, Pastor Larry, to the program. Wonderful to be here with you, James. Well, I want to talk about the government. What about Congress and our elected officials? Are they aware of all the lies, misinformation, and deliberately inflated figures about COVID-19 deaths that is doing so much damage to people, the economy, and to our mental well-being? Well, James, it's been slow in coming, but it is coming. Rand Paul, Republican from Kentucky, who is a medical doctor, has had some head-on confrontations with Dr. Fauci. I also appreciate Senator Ted Cruz, Republican, United States Senator from Texas. These men, and there are others, really understand that the American public is being subjected to medical malpractice. Very recently, Senator Ron Johnson, who's a Republican from Wisconsin, has argued on the Senate floor that the vaccines are not working as advertised. Senator Johnson said, quote, Our federal agencies have not been transparent. They have not given the American public information that we need to make an informed choice, close quotes. On September 29th, Senator Johnson unveiled new legislation that would block federal vaccine mandates by utilizing the interstate commerce clause of the U.S. Constitution. In an op-ed for the Washington Times, Johnson questioned the science behind the COVID-19 vaccine mandates and argued they are aggravating social divisions that will only increase the harms caused by the pandemic. So fortunately, yes, this is becoming a bigger and bigger issue. One of the most frequent questions that I've been asked lately is, do you think the COVID-19 vaccines are the mark of the beast? How about it? Are the COVID-19 vaccines the mark of the beast? No, I don't think the vaccines are the mark of the beast. However, they are functioning like the mark of the beast. If you don't have the mark, according to Revelation 13, you won't be able to buy or sell. With the vaccine mandate, if you don't have the vaccine, you will lose your job and you won't be able to buy or sell. The effect is the same economic control. I understand that more and more highly credentialed medical professionals are coming out against the vaccines. Tell us what you found in your research. More than 4,000 scientists and physicians from around the world have signed a declaration condemning public policy that has produced, quote, crimes against humanity. Now, let me say that again. These 4,000 doctors said what we're doing has produced crimes against humanity for restricting life-saving treatments and quashing debates and scientific inquiry. They have issued a declaration that begins by stating, quote, Thousands have died from COVID as a result of being denied life-saving treatment. 
The declaration is a battle cry from physicians who are fighting for the right to treat their patients and the right of patients to receive those treatments without fear of interference, retribution, or censorship by the government, pharmacies, pharmaceutical corporations, and big tech. They call for the restoration of the physician-patient relationship. Now, here's another huge breakthrough. Dr. Peter McCullough, who has become a leading critic of the experimental COVID-19 vaccines, has produced a 90-minute presentation showing why he believes the vaccine should be pulled off the market right now. Dr. McCullough is a professor of medicine at the Baylor University School of Medicine in Dallas. Many of his articles have appeared in the New England Journal of Medicine, the Journal of the American Medical Association, and The Lancet. He has testified to the U.S. Senate last November against what he described as the federal government's politicization of health care during the pandemic. So I praise the Lord for the way these people are speaking up. And these are highly credentialed medical experts. If you're just joining us, my guest is Pastor Larry Spargimino, and we're talking about his book, Needless Death, COVID, Corruption, and Control. You can get a copy by calling one 800 652-1144, or you can order online at swrc.com. Pastor Larry, is there anything positive, is there anything good coming out of COVID-19 and the issue of the vaccines? Well, I answer that with a loud yes. Bible sales have gone up. I give in my book some very revealing and encouraging figures. Dr. David Jeremiah thinks it has the flavor of a revival. That's exactly what he says. He reports that his online listening audience has greatly increased in size. I also think another positive outcome is that parents are finally waking up in mass. I praise the Lord for that. They realize that public school education is not in the best interest of their kids. They're learning that their kids can have a great learning experience home online. Parents can control what their kids are learning, and I think that's a wonderful development. Now, here's another positive outcome, and that is that the lines are now clearly drawn between the Republican Party and the Democrat Party. Democrat mayors and governors have consistently pushed lockdowns, the closing of churches, and the heavy fining of churches that won't comply. On the other hand, Republicans have generally not required masks and have left it up to the individual. They have not supported lockdowns. In other words, the Democrat Party has now revealed its true colors. The colors are bad. We have a Democrat president. Look where he's taking us. He's backing government control. He is responsible for our tragic pullout from Afghanistan. He's kept our borders open. He believes in transgender rights. This is a fake category. So I think a lot of things are coming to the surface that need to have come to the surface. And praise the Lord, it's all because of this confusion. Well, once again, the book is called Needless Death, COVID Corruption Control, and you can get the book by calling 1-800-652-1144, or you can order online at swrc.com. Pastor Larry, is there anything you'd like to add before we go? What I'm really concerned about, and it's another issue, is that many patients can no longer trust their doctors. Can you imagine... Now, I have a testimony in my book. One of our ladies here, she was raked over the coals by her doctor. Oh, you think there's a chip in the vaccine. What an awful experience. We could trust our doctors to be our advocate. 
Now they're condemning us. This is horrible. If you're a doctor out there, you need to say, hey, I've got to find out the truth about this, and you need to be faithful to your patients. Don't forget, in our resource center today, we're featuring Jonathan Kahn's DVD, The Harbinger Decoded, and his best-selling book, The Harbinger. Get both the book and DVD by Jonathan Kahn for a gift of $35 or more when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or order online, swrc.com. Tomorrow, Jonathan Kahn returns to reveal more ancient mysteries. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station or by subscribing to our daily podcast. Watchmen on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com. That's swrc.com.